Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You're listening to Rick Camp on 670 The Score, Chicago's sports station. Welcome back, Hour 3. I am Rick Camp, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. It is NBA Draft Night. Anthony Rizzo is a Yankee. If you have not heard, but we're focusing on the NBA Draft right now, and let's get out to the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, and welcome in Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation, writing about the NBA Draft. The NBA in general wrote a really great piece on Sharif Cooper that I read today that was really good and also of the Cash Considerations podcast. Ricky, appreciate you taking time out for me. I know it's a crazy night for you, so really appreciate it. Cool. Thanks for having me. So I guess from what we've seen so far in the draft and let, uh, let's see, Trey Mann just went to Oklahoma City with pick 18 and apparently pick 19 is going to Charlotte so that the Hornets can take Kai Jones. Uh, what surprised you so far that you've seen tonight? Yeah, I think the first big surprise of the draft was Scotty Barnes going at number four to the Raptors. It's hard to doubt the Raptors at this point because they've been so successful over the last few years and have such a great developmental system. But uh, certainly I think everyone thought Jalen Suggs, the guard from Gonzaga, was going in that spot. Barnes is an interesting selection. He's a big, long forward, uh, plays hard with a great motor, but very limited offensively because he can't space the floor. He doesn't have a reliable jump shot yet. Uh, I've seen Barnes play quite a bit. He was a five-star recruit for years of his high school career, had a productive season at Florida State. But I think that was the first big surprise. And then I'll also say the Thunder taking Josh Giddy at number six. I really like Giddy's game. He was the biggest riser in the draft class this year, a 6'8 guard from Australia, who put up numbers pretty comparable to LaMelo Ball in the same league he played in in his pre-draft year, Australia's NBL League. Uh, I think for a Thunder team that is very much still thinking long-term with its rebuild, Giddy gives them some nice upside as a 6'8 creator, really good passer with both hands. Uh, if they can you know, improve his shooting ability and get him in the weight room uh, to improve his frame, I think he could be a nice long-term pick for them. Where do you fall on Zaire Williams, who went to Memphis at 10? Because – like just the horrible circumstances he had to go through last year. It seems like so many evaluators are all over the place on him. Yeah, it's easy to see the upside there, right? He's a 6'10 wing who, when he was at his best, looked like one of the better shooters in the freshman class at Stanford. The issue is he's just really physically weak. He was unable to play through contact on both sides of the floor, but you typically don't see 
10, 19 year olds who can shoot like he can both off the dribble and off the catch. So I don't mind it for Memphis. I think Memphis was clearly targeting Franz Wagner from Michigan or Josh Giddy. Both of those guys were off the board. So Williams offers them an upside swing. I think Memphis definitely needed to take a crack at a high ceiling player because, uh, you know, they're already a middling playing team, fringe playoff team, but they need some avenues towards improvement when they're probably not going to get another high draft pick again. So I can see the thought process there. I don't know if it's going to work. To me, Zaire is kind of a boomer bust prospect, but uh, I always respect taking an upside swing, and I think that that's what his pick represents at number 10 overall. If you were Cleveland and the reports are true that Oklahoma City offered six and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and maybe if it's initially rebuffed, you know, they have seven million first-round picks they could sweeten the deal with. If you were Cleveland, would you have made that type of deal? Yeah, if I was offered Shea Gilgis-Alexander in six, I probably would have made that choice. Now, to be clear, I think that Evan Mobley is an absolute home run. I think he definitely should have been the second pick in the draft. Uh, To me, he'll have the potential to be the best player out of this draft long term, but a lot of things have to come together. He's going to need to fill out his frame with strength. I think that that's the biggest thing that can unlock the rest of his game. Also, his his shooting projection is a bit based on potential at this point. He only hit 30% of his threes on low volume this year, not a great free throw shooter. But I love Mobley for his versatility, specifically on the defensive end. I think he can play any type of pick-and-roll coverage. Uh, Man, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is so good, though. I probably would have bitten on that if I was Cleveland. Yeah, it's almost – I forget who it was on Twitter that that put it out there of, like, not taking it is essentially like say – it's like the Peter Griffin with the box when he turns down the boat. It's like, yeah, but this box could be anything, even a boat. It's like, yeah, Shay's that already. It's just that he's, you know, closer to the initial extension, which him and Garland in the backcourt could be really, really fascinating uh, moving forward for Cleveland. Speaking with Ricky O'Donnell of SB Nation here on 670, the score. I'm trying to think. As So where did you have Josh Primo? Because as I bet his under, not thinking he would go in the lottery, uh, that that under, was the prop was at 27 and a half, and he goes number 12 to San Antonio. Wow, yeah. So, Primo, I didn't have as a top 30 player. Now, granted, he is like the youngest American player in this draft. I saw him up close and personal at the draft combine. He looks like a high school kid out there. He is only 18 years old. He's younger than most of the freshmen in next year's incoming class, the 2022 class. So, that was a shocking pick to me. I think it was a major reach. I get what the Spurs were thinking. They needed an upside pick. They have a lot of decent young guys, but they don't have a true star. Uh, Primo is a fantastic athlete at six foot six. He was a better shooter than anyone anticipated hitting 38% of his threes, but he really struggled to read the floor on both ends. I think he's going to be totally physically overmatched at the NBA level. Uh, maybe he could be a productive player five years from now, but I don't see the great upside that San Antonio does in making this selection. I think that there were, you know, probably 20 better players on the board when they took him. Uh, tough pick for the Spurs. I wouldn't be happy about that if I was a fan of San Antonio, but, uh, you know, if anyone's earned the benefit of the doubt over the years, it's probably them. Moving over to the Bulls, if if there's anybody to legitimately ask the question of who are some guys that would be feasible at 38, you're the dude to do it because Lord knows I'm not that guy. So considering what's happened so far, uh, for as, as best as we can try and project 
who are some names that you would like the Bulls to look at when they get on the clock? Sure. The first name I thought of when the Bulls landed this pick is Kessler Edwards, a 6'8 wing out of Pepperdine, very much in the vein of a 3 and D prospect, had a steady career as a shooter, hit like 38% of his threes this year, uh, hit like 88% of his free throws. So he's got a track record of being a good shooter. And then defensively, he was really impressive at the draft combine and throughout his junior year at Pepperdine. He's someone who could defend the perimeter, but he's also pretty strong inside and defend the paint a bit with a near seven foot wingspan. So if Kessler Edwards is there at 38, I think, you know, he's certainly not going to be a star, but the Bulls desperately need wings. And I think that he's someone who could uh, potentially, you know, fill a back end spot in the rotation from an early point in his career. I also really like Joel Ayaye, who was the fourth option on Gonzaga this year. He was the best fourth option in the country. Six five guard out of France who spent three seasons at the college level at Gonzaga. And he's just a really well-rounded player. Uh, obviously, Gonzaga had so much talent. They sort of overwhelmed teams with all of their options this year. But Ayaye was masterful as a cutter off the ball. He could also shoot a little bit. He graded out really well in pick and roll of his brief opportunities. So if he slides to 38, I would like him as well. And uh, I guess the last name I'll mention is JT Thor, a 6'9 forward out of Auburn. Caught a lot of alley-oops from my boy Sharif Pooper this year, playing for the Tigers. I think that he's very much an upside pick. Uh, you normally don't see guys who are that size, who have comfort offensively on the perimeter, hit five threes in a game against Kentucky earlier this season, I believe. Also has immense length, 7'3 wingspan, can protect the rim a little bit. Very much a boomer bust prospect as well. Uh, but, I mean, at number 38, why not take a chance for stardom if he's still on the board? And uh, I like JT Thor quite a bit. I know I got to let you go in a couple minutes because you're a busy dude, especially tonight. But how do you want the Bulls to proceed this offseason? Obviously, the Cash Considerations podcast, everybody should be listening and subscribe, rate and review that. But in your ideal world, how should the Bulls proceed this offseason? Yeah, it's going to be hard because they don't have a ton of assets. I think that that is just the cost of the Garpax administration whiffing on like their last nine draft picks following Jimmy Butler. Uh, obviously, at one point, Lowry Markin looked like a good asset. Now they're likely to lose him for nothing. Uh, their best asset might have been Kobe White in a trade this offseason, but now he has the busted shoulder. He's probably going to miss the start of the season. They traded the two first-round picks for Vucevic. So it's going to be hard. I think the Bulls are desperate to try to win. That's what happens when you trade two first-rounders for a 31-year-old big man. Uh, I I definitely like the idea of them trying to compete, but it's going to be difficult. They need two starters this year, right? They need a guard and they need a wing. I think that you have something to build around with Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. Vucevic is very good, even though I think they overpaid for him a little bit. Patrick Williams can be the four next to Vucevic, providing some more athleticism and rim protection. But they need a starting point guard, and they need a starting small forward. And to me, that's what I would prioritize over everything else. I know you know, everyone loves Thad Young. He was terrific this year for the Bulls. Daniel Tice is someone you want to keep around as a backup center. But I think you need to prioritize building a five-man lineup, uh, not really worrying about who's coming off the bench yet. And you know, if that means trading Thad, if it means not being able to retain Tice or moving on from Thomas Sadoransky, so be it. So the Bulls don't have a ton of avenues to really improve the team, limited cap space, a poor asset base in terms of trades. 
I would like to see them get Lonzo Ball. I think that that would be a decent upside play for them. Uh, on his second contract, I think he should be able to live up to the money he's making. I'm not really sure who they could get on the wing. Alec Burks is the guy I've talked about on the podcast a little bit, is a potential buy-low candidate. He had a decent season with the Knicks this past year. Uh, but, yeah, the Bulls are in a tough spot for sure. But they have Levine coming off a great year. And Vucevic really productive, uh, you know, despite some of his limitations. So they got a, they got their work cut out for him. I'll say that much. And, uh, you know, no one anticipated the Vucevic deal at the trade deadline. So it's tough to sit here and guess what Karnaschovas is going to do. Uh, to this point in his career, he's only made moves that have come as a surprise when they've been announced. So I'm definitely open to see uh, how the Bulls can improve the team this offseason. But I do think they have a lot of work to do. Ricky, last one before I let you go is Jalen Johnson goes off the board to Atlanta at number 20, which is kind of interesting in and of itself. Uh, some, you know, small things being put together about the Bulls possibly and Kemba Walker again tonight, Chris Mannix and uh, an SI reporter for OKC mentioning Kemba Walker possibly being on the move and the Bulls being mentioned specifically for that. How would you feel about Kemba and that uh, that spicy meatball of a contract coming to Chicago? Yeah, he's owed a ton of money. He has serious injury concerns with his knees. That's why Boston moved off of him uh, this summer, trading him to OKC. So I think that, you know, that would be an option the Bulls could look to if they swing and miss on the top free agent point guards, which would be Lonzo Ball, Kyle Lowry, Mike Connolly. Uh, you know, if they swing and miss on all three of those guys, Maybe you take a chance on Kemba. I'm a little scarred by, I think, Otto Porter's injury situation with the Bulls where he was fairly available after they traded for him. I did like that move at the time, but he just you know, wasn't healthy enough to be a productive player for them. I worry about the long-term condition of Kemba's knees, so uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, the Bulls don't have a ton of assets, and they do have a lot of needs. And by making the Vucevic trade, they clearly signaled that they're done with the rebuild. Uh, they're ready to compete for a playoff spot right away now there's added pressure because Zach Levine can become a free agent after the season I would be surprised if he turned down a max five-year contract offer from the Bulls but it's certainly a possibility and maybe on Team USA one of his teammates is recruiting him to another destination as we speak so uh, the Bulls have a lot of uncertainty right now I don't love the Kemba Walker move I'm hoping for Lonzo or someone else in that spot but uh, you know they are going to have to monitor those options if the top plans fall through read Ricky's work on SB nation. Seriously. The, the Sharif Cooper piece is, is really awesome. I enjoyed the hell out of reading that. It's great work there. And obviously also listen to the cash considerations podcast for all your bulls needs as well. Ricky appreciate you making some time for me tonight. Appreciate that. Thanks. That's Ricky O'Donnell. Follow him on Twitter at SBN underscore Ricky. That's really good stuff from him. And seriously, that piece on Sharif Cooper, who is still on the board as the Knicks are back on the clock at number 21, uh, is really great stuff. So you should seek that out. All right, we're going to take time out, come back, give some of my thoughts on what I think the Bulls should do this offseason. We'll update you on the draft and just some of the things going on. Uh, Jalen Johnson's a really fascinating dude. So I kind of want to touch on him a little bit as well. Here with you until 10 o'clock on the score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Our three constant problems, uh, actually indicated by Billy as well, you know, on the floor with turnovers. Uh, we were 27th in turnovers, fouling and not getting to the free throw line. And we were last in the league in getting to the free throw line. So that's aggression. I think following all-star break, we took a significant dip on offense. We stopped making shots um, when your defense efficiency is in the 20s. Now, actually, we finished uh, defensively uh, 12th in the league in efficiency, uh, you have to make shots to win games. And we did not do that. A goal moving forward is to have more balanced play, uh, not trading offensive energy for defensive or uh, vice versa. It's a lot of things that are uh, not necessarily great for the Bulls as the season progressed. That was Bulls Executive VP of Basketball Operations, Arturis Karnaschovas, Talking about the things the Bulls got to work on, and quite frankly, there's a good amount of them. And I think one that was really interesting was not sat where Cody Westerland earlier brought up the idea of needing two-way guys. Karnaschova's bringing up their guys not using their energy only on one side of the court. So even if you're not as talented on the other side, you're not just dogging it. And there were times where that happened. That's why maybe sometimes it's been a little jarring to see Uh, to see Zach Levine playing, you know, harder defense for Team USA over in Tokyo. I'm Rick Camp here with you until the top of the hour at 10 o'clock. Another trade happened. The Knicks traded back, not out this time, trading 21 to the LA Clippers, who took guard from Tennessee, Keon Johnson. The Knicks moved back to 25th, and not sure what what else they're getting in return at this point. But uh, it's been a good night for Shams. A couple times him his reports have gone up against Woj, and uh, it's been a Shams night. Chicago guy coming through. The Russ one was bad. I mean, where he where Woj is saying that they're going to go and get Buddy healed, the Lakers are, and then Shams just coming in, swooping in with the Russell Westbrook news probably is just, just right in your face, Woj. Yeah. 
Yeah, and mind you, we also don't know because a lot of this is, is based on the sources that these guys have. Uh, 847-TEXTER on the text zone, which is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. It's been a minute since I've done a show, so I'm like, oh, yeah, all these things are sponsored. How about that whole deal? Uh, hey, Rick, is are Io and Kofi in the draft? What's going on with them? Any chance of the Bulls picking one up? Uh, Kofi Coburn is back at Illinois. So if you're an Illinois fan, that's good for you. Io DeSumo, I think, has a chance to go pretty soon. We're at Lake uh, pick 22, which is just Isaiah Jackson, the forward from Kentucky. And he's going to the Wizards in the Russell Westbrook trade. So pick by the Lakers for the Wizards, Isaiah Jackson. I really wish they'd change that rule. Like, I understand why it is what it is, because it's technically not the new league year, so the guys can't wear the right hats, and it's... It's different in that regard, but it is kind of it's annoying for everybody out there. Something they added though is the proposed trade to in the right corner, so you could see the Wizards icon there. So at least they're doing something. Yeah, it. that's that's really good. I like that ESPN has added that to uh, to the broadcast. So if you're at home and you're like us, where you're watching this on the TV, but you have the volume down and listening to the show, greatly greatly appreciate that. Uh, let's just I want to run down here, even though. Played the Arturus Karnaschovas cut coming back. And if you haven't heard, well, pretty much everybody's heard by now that Anthony Rizzo is a Yankee. Before the end of the show, we're going to replay that interview that Bruce Levine had with Anthony Rizzo. If you missed it earlier, we're going to play it in the last segment. So this next segment after this one, we are going to play that again. So just to run down some of the deals tonight, and I'll try and go quick on this before I get some Bulls thoughts here. The big one So far today, Russell Westbrook is a Laker. Russell Westbrook and two second-round picks in the future go to the Lakers for Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and this 22nd pick, which just became Isaiah Jackson. Phoenix Phoenix got Landry Shamit from Brooklyn for Javon Carter in the 29th pick. Ricky Rubio, a 2022 second, and Cash are going to the Cavaliers for Torian Prince. So, yes, you can get a Minnesota jersey with Prince on the back of it. Everybody should be doing this. The Detroit Pistons got number 37 from Charlotte for Mason Plumley and number 57. Now, to tie that together with Charlotte taking Kai Jones at number 19 from the New York Knicks, which they'll be sending a future first to New York for, that's important for the Bulls because Charlotte was thought to be a possible Daniel Tice destination. Now that they picked up two bigs today, along with having guy like, a guy like Cody Zeller still in the fold, that pretty much takes them out of possibility for Daniel Tice. So that's something to keep in mind for the Bulls. OKC got two future first-round picks from Houston for number 16, and Houston took Sangoon from Turkey. And the most recent trade, like I mentioned, the Clippers got 21 from the Knicks. They took Keon Johnson, the guard out of Tennessee, and the Knicks got 25, and I still have not seen what else they're getting in return. It looked like future seconds, multiple future seconds that the Knicks will get from the Clippers, and Isaiah Jackson just went to the Lakers. So we are caught up on what's happening in the draft. The Houston Rockets have back-to-back picks right now at 23 and 24. So from talking with Cody, with Chuck, and with Ricky, I've been kind of on the fence of how I think the Bulls should handle this offseason because, quite frankly, they obviously need an improvement at point guard. But what I'm just, I can't get settled with necessarily is who I think they should be targeting. Do I think 
Lonzo Ball is a solid, decent fit with the Bulls? Yes. Do I think he's going to get overpaid? Yes. And is he the perfect fit in exactly what they need? Not necessarily. I would love if the Bulls could get someone else that can really get to the rim because if you look into Lonzo Ball, and actually they're a fantastic piece that uh, Jackson Frank wrote, and you should look him up on Twitter because he's he does really, really good work. Uh, at Jack Frank underscore JJF, he wrote a really good piece about Lonzo Ball, what he's good at, what he's bad at, kind of getting rid of some of the misconceptions of his game. Lonzo Ball in transition is an awesome point guard, an awesome guy to be distributing. But when you get in the half court, he's not really a point guard. He doesn't have explosion to get to the rim. When he does get to the rim, he does not convert very well. His shooting has gotten better, but he's still pretty streaky. And he's probably better as an off-ball defender than an on-ball defender. So when you think about the things that the Bulls need, he fits some things just because the Bulls need straight need better talent. Period, point blank. They need better talent. However, is he exactly what they need to try and maximize what they have in this year, maybe two coming up? Which, hey, as you heard earlier, and just by looking at the Bulls roster, that's what they need. They need to get into the playoffs. They maybe need to get into that top six just to keep everybody safe in terms of jobs or in terms of trying to figure out what this team is and keeping Zach Levine happy so that he will re-sign and not go into unrestricted free agency and maybe go somewhere else. And then the bulls are really in a, in a bad place for the foreseeable future. So if I was forced to choose probably Lonzo ball at this point, even though he's not the perfect fit, because if any of the reports are true about Dennis Schroeder and some of the money that he's going to get, he's been a name that's been linked to the bulls a lot. I'm just not here for that. I just think Dennis Schroeder is going to get really overpaid. He's okay. Like, he can get to the rim for you. But Dennis Schroeder is kind of an abrasive personality, so I don't know how that would work in the locker room. He's also someone that can be really on and off in terms of effort. His shooting's not very consistent. So when Zach Levine has the ball, you need someone that can shoot and space the floor a little bit when Zach Levine is handling the ball himself. Schroeder's not necessarily that. And for, I know there was something making the rounds on Twitter and I got sent it a few times about like a five-year, $150 million thing. For one thing, it's absolutely asinine. There's no way he would ever get anything close to $30 million a year. Also, can't offer him five years because even if it's a sign and trade, like that, it it just cannot happen. It, It literally like legally cannot happen that they could do that. The most you can do in a sign and trade is four years. So that's one way to just know that thing was complete bull. There's a lot of that going on out there. People want their retweets. People want their likes and all that kind of stuff. So, all right, fine, whatever. But he's not someone that I'm very interested in. Like I mentioned with Cody, I understand the Kemba Walker thing. If you're saying, hey, get him in for a couple years, get a couple picks out of it, at least one. I I would almost think you'd have to take get at least two first-round picks from Oklahoma City one of those first being halfway decent, not necessarily a Clippers one, unless it's maybe Clippers a little further out. You don't necessarily know. I mean, if Kawhi Leonard ends up leaving, they got Paul George, and then that other stuff doesn't look that great when you don't have Kawhi Leonard either. So 
Oklahoma City has a ton of different assets for you to be able to pick from. So if you're going to take Kemba Walker, you should be able to get a, at least one decent first-round pick out of that. But I think that's the problem. Mentioned it with Ricky. Mentioned it with Cody. If just considering what the Bulls have, they're kind of asset poor. It's tough to find an easy avenue to them getting markedly better outside of internal development. That's why this Kobe White injury really sucks outside of for him as the player. Of course, it, it, it totally sucks for him because this could have been an offseason where he really helps round out his game as he kind of has found his new role with this form of the Bulls with Vucevic and Levine. But man, Patrick Williams 100% matters. And I just want to get this out here. This is from Alex Kennedy. The Oklahoma City could have as many as 41 picks and 20 first rounders over the next seven years. So a lot to play with in that Kemba Walker deal. I mean, this is a thing with Sam Presti in Oklahoma City. Sam Presti is obsessed with the asset game. The thing is, when you make consolidation trades, you're not going to win the asset play. So at some point, he has to concede the asset play to get a better player. Because like I mentioned with Ricky, like if I was Cleveland and I was offered number six and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who is a damn good player and in the East could probably be an all-star. I'm probably taking that. And if they don't, then you know what I do? And I, and I'm obsessed with Evan Mobley as Sam Presti. I offer a couple of my worst first round picks and say, Hey, here you go. A couple extra assets. You know, it's the equivalent of like tipping a guy a 50 instead of a 20 for, you know, at valet or something. Cause they have so many of them. You have the ability to do that, to get the guy that you want. But you have to have a guy in mind and be willing to have that plan and take the dude that you want and target him and be aggressive going for him and say, you know what? I might be giving up one first round pick too many, but I have possibly 40 of them. So you're good. You can do that. It's okay. I don't know. Like Sam Presti's really good at the, at the asset game. But you have to convert them into something. Look at what happened in Boston with Danny Ainge. They had all these extra picks even after getting Tatum and Brown. And they never made a deal because reportedly Danny Ainge is obsessed with winning every trade. So you end up making all these picks. And when they don't turn out well, like basically any of them did, where are you at? You're at where Boston is now where they have two guys and no bench. Great. You squandered all those different assets. 312-644-6767. 670 11 or no, still 312 644 67 67. See, like this is the first time I've I've hosted a regular show and driven the show in so long. I don't, it's like rare for me to be like, oh yeah, that's the text line too. And that text zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhunday.com. A reminder in the last segment, going to replay the conversation that Bruce Levine had with Anthony Rizzo as he heads out of town to go join the Yankees and try and get a spot in the wild card, maybe even win the AL East as the Yankees are just loading up. Another pick came in, the first of two two back-to-back picks for uh, Houston, Yusman Garuba, who is currently in Tokyo playing with the Spanish national team. Really good defender, can guard a really versatile defender as well as a wing. So he's someone that's really interesting that can be an interesting player for Houston as they start to rebuild. And these 
uh, reports are from Woj. Uh, Woj saying at 24, Houston's going to take Josh, Josh Christopher. And then at 25, Knicks are looking to take Quinton Grimes. That's uh, a Clipper trade. Uh, Knicks own that pick now. So they're looking to take Quinton Grimes. So they, and that's Sean Anderson on the other side of the glass. There's your next couple picks. Is still got a ways to go before we get to the Bulls at 38. Going to take time out. Come back one more time. We'll hear from Bruce Levine with Anthony Rizzo and any stray draft thoughts that we see. And, you know, God forbid any other trades happen. <laughs> I'm Rick Camp. I'm here with you until 10 o'clock on the score. And the pitch on the way. Anthony drives one. Deep right field. It's got a chance. Gone. Home run, Rizzo. That's what we've been waiting for here at the Friendly Confines for a year and a half. Rizzo just wins that battle. The ball game is tied 5-5. A line drive home run just under the auxiliary video board in right. It left the park in a hurry. Yeah, Anthony Rizzo, not with the Cubs anymore. He is a New York Yankee. In a few minutes, we'll play Bruce Levine's conversation with Anthony Rizzo after the trade. He is gone. He is in pinstripes. That short porch in left field should uh, treat him very well. Yeah, a lot of Rizzo home run props on uh, You Better Bet. Very likely, which you can listen to 2 to 6 p.m. on that QL. Hit that Odyssey app. You can always find it. I produce that show. Give picks every night. Give a lot of draft props tonight. Doing pretty well so far. Very happy with that. All right. So to update you on the draft, as Sean said right before we broke last segment, so both Rockets picks, Usman Garuba, and then Josh Christopher, the guard out of Arizona State, and then the Clippers making the pick for the Knicks. They made a swap. Clippers jumped up four spots. Quentin Grimes, guard from Houston, is going to the New York Knicks, and now the Denver Nuggets are on the clock at 26. A lot of people texting in about Io Desunmu. This is like the range for Io Desunmu that I would assume he should be in late first round. Per Woj, your uh, your bet's not going to hit here because uh, Woj has Bones Highland of the mighty Atlantic 10 from, I believe, VCU going to Denver at 26. Look at you. Definitely he is from VCU. So, yeah, I had Io Desunmu under 26 and a half. So that one not hitting for me. It's okay. I've hit a lot so far. I've I've done pretty well for myself. So... Thinking about the Bulls again for a few minutes here before we hit that Anthony Rizzo conversation with Bruce Levine. And give me your thoughts, 312-644-6767 on the text line or give me a call. Uh, The Bulls can operate in two different ways. And I mentioned this really early in the show. And it's interesting to see how they want to attack it. There's August 1 guarantee dates for Thad Young and Tomas Sadoransky on their contracts. If those two are let go, they'd be guaranteed a total of $10 million between them, but it would open up a good amount of space for the Bulls. If they want to go into free agency and not necessarily work a trade, but just a restricted free agent offer to Lonzo Ball or an offer to Dennis Schroeder or something like that, they're probably going to need to renounce a lot of their guys. So that would be probably Thad Young, Sadoransky, Daniel Tice, 
Green. I mean, there's Ryan Archidiakono. Lots of guys would probably have to go, and then the Bulls would be putting a lot of eggs in that one bad, that free agent basket to try and bring in one real dude, or at least someone they perceive to be a real dude, and then fill out the back end of that roster, which would then influence who they take at 38. If they take maybe someone that's more high upside that, you know, can't really play at all in year one and would probably be with the Windy City Bulls in the G League, or someone that maybe is a little older that doesn't have as high of a ceiling that can at least play some sort of role off the bench, maybe give you like 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes or so. So there's a lot of dominoes to fall, and that's what the Bulls, do they want to be a cap space team or an over-the-cap team? I don't want to bore you with all the details of the salary cap. Just believe the fact that I've done more research than I'd like to admit on on the, the salary cap and how that functions. Believe me, nobody ever wants to hear that on a radio. They basically never want to hear it on an, on a podcast when, uh, when you're tuning in for an NBA podcast, believe me. So I won't bore you with that, but essentially they could keep dudes and have less avenues to bring in people just with exceptions, like a non-taxpayer mid-level and a room exception, that type of thing. Or they can clear out some guys, have not as deep of a roster, but maybe get someone that's a little more high-end to put with Patrick Williams, to put with Zach Levine, and to put with Nikola Vucevic. 312-644-6767 is the number. Yeah, Denver's still on the t- on the clock, but as Sean mentioned, per Woj and now Shams, uh, Bones Highland is going to be going to Denver. And I did mention this is the Io DeSumo range where a contender that wants a guy to be a backup point guard that can, you know, maybe doesn't have the best shot, but can fill in 15, 20 minutes a game in the regular season, maybe a little bit less in the playoffs, but be a guy that can defend a little bit. This is probably his range. I'd be really surprised if he made it to the second round, and I don't think there's any chance that he makes it to the Bulls. So unless they did something pretty dramatic to trade up from 38, I don't see that being a logical option for the Bulls, even though the Bulls are what now about 11 picks out. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up going with a guard, but as we mentioned throughout the show, they can kind of pick whatever because depth wise, they could, they could use a big, but I'm not the biggest on spending a draft pick on a big just because, especially for a backup big, when you already have Vucevic, you can find those guys for the veteran minimum or close to it. So I would rather them get a wing, get a guard, something like that, someone that can really maybe just bring a little bit of value, be a possible rotation guy, especially, you know, maybe a point guard is valuable there, even if you plan on getting one in free agency, just because of Kobe White's injury situation. So I think that's something that still has to be on the table, even if the Bulls plan on making a move in free agency. 312-644-6767. All right, let's go to Anthony Rizzo and Bruce Levine. Bruce was able to wrangle up Anthony Rizzo after he did his thing on the field, kind of reminiscing with his family, which is a really cool moment. There are pictures all over Twitter of, you know, that people had. I know Jordan Bastion had some of just like, you know, going down memory lane on in Wrigley Field. It's a really cool sight to see while it still sucks for a lot of Cubs fans that, hey, your pillar of, you know, the most successful probably 10 year run of basically ever is now being traded into the Yankees. So let's listen to what Bruce Levine had to say with Anthony Rizzo. 
Well, uh, an end of an era, Riz. You know, as a close friend of yours, this is a, this is a hard day for both of us. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely closing to a chapter in life that you just didn't think was going to close. And but it's uh, the best years of my life, and getting to know you and all the other members of the media. I saw solely him being here forever too. Think of Carrie. Uh, just, just some really good memories. It's all good memories, and a lot of special things happen. I, I can't, I can't start this interview before I talk about your parents, your wife, and and Kevin, and how important uh, they've been, Chicagoans and people. Just give me a couple seconds on, you know, them being Chicagoans, uh, Floridians, but Chicagoans as well. Yeah, they just, we all had an amazing journey here um, you know with the foundation and my parents getting to meet a lot of incredible people and then meeting Emily in 2016 and getting married to her and winning the World Series and her and I building our life here so we have so many friends here out away from baseball that we met along the way and so many memories that you know this is this will always be like a second home to me and uh, that doesn't change just because you know, I'm going to play for another team and going to play for the New York Yankees, which just sounds really, I don't think that's kicked in yet, but um, just the special times here will will be, I know for sure Emily and I will be sitting in the back probably as soon as tomorrow because we're going home and I'm staying in my house, but just reflecting on all the memories and it'll, it'll always bring smiles to my face. So if I say top Chicago Cub memory while you were sitting out reflecting on your career outside at Wrigley Field near the Ivy, what what's the first thing that comes to mind? Um, I think the World Series, obviously. Um, those memories with those guys, but Lurie's Children's Hospital, um, Foundation, all the kids we've had out at Wrigley. Um, just all the, the fans, the people in Chicago buying you a beer, drinking a beer with them. Yeah. Uh, all the memories on the field. But the two are definitely the World Series run and then just all the, all the good that the foundation has done here. I think uh, I'll remember you catching that ball from Chris more than anything else, but maybe what you just said, the first thing that comes to my mind is you making a, a, a kid who's uh, maybe having some tough times smile. Yeah, and, and even even today, not playing today was tough, um, but you know, a lot of people were excited for this day to come and just watch a game, and they probably had it on their calendar for months coming to this game in specifics and not being able to play is tough and and but that's it that's what it's all about just being a good good person and trying to play the game the right way and uplifting people so i'm going to take people back to two days ago i get in touch with you and i say look do you want to know or you don't want to know um I'm pretty sure that the Yankees are on you, and uh, they've asked me a lot of questions about you. And he said, you said, I don't want to go, but. (laughs) Um, Being able to play for another historic franchise is, it's it's really, you couldn't ask for more. I mean, obviously, I I want to be here and told the guys I'd I'd rather, you know, sink with the ship. Um, 
you know, if it's going to burn down, I want to burn down with it. But, you know, talking to Jed, we had a good with good talk, emotional. And uh, I love these guys. I love everyone here, you know, from the top to the bottom. And they've been nothing but good to me. And But to be able to go play for the Yankees now and jump into a really exciting team. I, I mean, I grew up always watching the Yankees, so it'll be it's exciting and it's exciting they're, they're excited and I'm, I can't wait to just jump in there and go be a baseball player hopefully you'll uh, go there and help them win and then jump right back to the Chicago Cubs on behalf of uh, Mitch Rosen who runs the score and everybody at the station I just want to thank you for all the great cooperation and just being the friend to Chicago and the people of Chicago and the, and the great kids and the sick kids, all those people, um, thank you so much. Thanks, Bruce. I appreciate it, and I, we'll be in touch, that's for sure. Okay. Thank you. All right. All right. You guys ready? Yeah, we are ready. Kind of ready to get out of here. All right, 27th pick is in. The Bulls are 11 picks away. Cam Thomas, who was kind of projected to go quite a bit higher, goes to the Brooklyn Nets, who just traded Landry Shamit. So maybe Cam Thomas can be a guy that fills that Landry Shamit role. They picked up Javon Carter, who is much, much more of a defensive guard who can really help them in the regular season, fill out some of their lineups with some uh, defensive guys. And they got 29 for that, which is coming up in just a, just a second as the Sixers are on the clock and the Bulls are about 10, 11 picks away. All right. Thank you so much for everybody that is listening. Checked in on the text line. Thank you to Bruce Levine for sending in that interview with Anthony Rizzo. Thank you to Chuck Swirsky for checking in to Cody Westerlin for talking and for Ricky O'Donnell for educating us on what's going on in the draft. Thank you to Sean Anderson doing great work on the other side of the glass, prepping all the audio Again, making sure everything's running smooth and providing all the breaking news that I was not able to uh, keep you up on while I'm hosting the show. So that really helped out a ton. Les Scrobstein's coming up at midnight. I got a parting shot from Woj. Okay. Brooklyn is keeping its pick at 27 for now because Cam Thomas is still on the board. So it looks like they're keeping their pick for the moment, but trade might happen at any point. And part of the reason that context matters for us is because Joe Cowley of the Sun-Times was reporting earlier that the Bulls, a possibility the Bulls could trade up to 27 or 29 with Brooklyn. So I'm going to sign off here. I'm going to stay around, though, because if 29 happens, the Bulls end up trading. The Bulls end up trading up to 29. We'll pop back on for a few minutes, talk about who they end up taking. We get through 29, then we're in the clear. Gone for the night. Les Grobstein up at midnight on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.